0: In this week's episode, I am joined by Darian Marion Burton, founder of D.M. Burton, who is my social media company, and Darian and I are going to chat about a Russian pro tennis player speaking out about gay rights in her home country, Fortune 100 companies and their public commitments to DEI, another racial reckoning, and much more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Darian, let's get started. Will you please introduce yourself to the world out there?
1: Yeah. um, Hey, everybody. My name is Darian Marion Burton. Uh, Like Bernadette said, I am the president and founder of GM Burton. We're a social media marketing startup based out of Oak Park, Illinois. And yeah, I'm excited to be here and talk about the good things happening in the world.
0: Thank you so much, Darian. So first, let's just have a quick chat about equity versus equality. My partner, Heather, and I were having a conversation last week about our kids and and screen time privileges and the equality of screen time and, and all of that. And the reality is, that she helped me realize in that moment after the conversation is that, you know, all kids, they have different needs. They are individuals, just like employees are individuals, just like you and I are individuals. And so screen time shouldn't necessarily be equal. Maybe it should instead be equitable for these kids who have different needs. And so I think it's worth really discussing that because, you know, I talk about equity in the work that I do. But and of course, my company is called Equality Institute. (laughs) But I do think that it's something that I don't necessarily bring into my personal life or into my family life. How about you, Darian? Do you sort of see this playing out in your life at all?
1: You know, um, it's just me and my dog, so not in my life currently. But, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking about being a child um, because I am not that far removed from that age of my life. And my sister used to, like, get more things than me, and it made me really angry. I was like, wait, why did Dougie get this, and I didn't get this? Like, why is this? You know, I I was that child. And, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking, like, you know, my parents really were... um, just trying to make it a little more even. I uh, we had different parents growing, different sorry mothers growing up, so very different like resources that part of my family had that hers didn't, and you know they really tried to write that ship. And you know I never thought about it until now. You probably just cleared up a lot of trauma uh, <laughs> for me part <personally>. of <laughs> i being honest. <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, I think it's something that we should all be doing and trying to really consciously, you know, make decisions that are equitable for everybody, you know, from friendships um, to kids.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for those folks who are listening or watching who don't really understand the difference between equity and equality, equality is really just about being equal, right? But I personally see equality as an outcome, as a sort of aspirational kind of pie in the sky place. But equity is really about more for those who need it. And some kids need more stuff. Some kids need more screen time. Some employees need different accommodations than other employees. So it's really about meeting folks where they're at. And like I said, I don't know, I, I know the work, I know the work professionally. I, it doesn't always play out personally, but I think that you're right. I think that, and I hopefully did clear up some of that tra- trauma for you, Darian.
1: <laughs> you did. It's i uh, I'm sure what my sister does. So she's going to be like, Oh, I, I understand everything. There you now. go. <laughs> there you go.
0: Spread, spread the good vibes. Okay. So let's move on to the stories from this week. So the first story comes from the grocery store Food Lion, which has made working with owners from underrepresented groups a really big part of its sourcing. So really what Food Lion has done a very good job of is sourcing products from their local communities. And as part of that outreach of sourcing those products, they're also working proactively with founders from underrepresented groups. So Black and LGBTQ and other um, traditionally underrepresented groups who don't always have their goods on store shelves. These are the types of folks that Food Lion is really doing a great job of amplifying. Not only are they getting these goods on the shelves, but they're specifically promoting them online and in print and making sure that these founders have access to other resources to, to continue their growth.
1: I love that. And one of the things I love so much is that, like, you know, I think there's a lot of times where organizations and businesses are talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they're just talking about it. I feel like they've taken a very real tangible step that's going to increase that economic empowerment of those marginalized and underrepresented groups. You know, I think a lot about reparations in this country just as a Black person, and you know, I see... Supplier diversity programs as being a very easy way that companies can start righting some of those wrongs that have happened to people who have been displaced in our country, whether it be African American people or indigenous people. You know, I think that there are a lot of things that um, these kinds of programs can help right the ship on. And it's nice to see somebody doing it at the grocery level, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we hear about the billion dollar roundtable on this happening sort of at the level of the the big corporations of the world, some of the Fortune 500s, but we don't always think about it at the level of grocery stores. And, you know, and speaking of equity and and more for those who need it, this is a great example of equity, supplier diversity and expanding procurement dollars to historically underrepresented groups. Is equity in action? And a lot of organizations who are massive, really large companies, you know, they seem to do this well, but they don't always do it well with smaller businesses who are LGBTQ uh, BEs or otherwise minority owned businesses. So I really appreciate that Food Lion is working with some smaller companies here too. All right. So next up is from the American Nursing Association, which had a racial reckoning. In their announcement this week, they wrote, there is much that can be said about ANA's history and failure to include and represent the views and needs of nurses of color. So they really admitted their mistake and they went on for many paragraphs to detail uh, a really complicated history of how they historically excluded folks, particularly nurses of color over the years. So they really became very concrete about sharing those stories. Then they asked for forgiveness and outlined steps on how they're moving forward as an organization. So I really, I I think this is a really important story, Darian. Yeah.
1: You know, I think, what I love about this, what makes me feel good is not only like, am I looking at somebody taking responsibility for an action and naming what that action is so much, you know, and I'm in the marketing PR kind of space. And like so many times companies are just like, oh, the incident that happened on this date and they never talk about why that incident was wrong. And it feels very like, blase, they know they have to play it out. But I felt like when I was looking at this, that like they really cared. And I think that the reason this is so important, not only for the nurses who are a part of that, but I also think that just how minorities interact with our healthcare system in general needs work. And I think that this is an important first step to affirming these employees so that they can be the inroads to bring on more people, just trusting our healthcare system.
0: Yeah, I think that's an an excellent point because there are a lot of racial health disparities and the outcomes for black people in particular are worse. And a part of that is because they do not see themselves represented in that industry and they don't always feel safe sharing and they don't always get the questions asked that they need to have asked in order to respond appropriately. So I think you're right. And what I also love about this story is that it just shows that You know, it's been over two years since the racial justice uprisings of 2020. And we're still seeing racial reckonings. Like this stuff has not gone away. It wasn't just something that was happening in 2020, but we're still seeing accountability. We're still seeing commitments to make this right. And hopefully there will be some other organizations out there who are like, yes, we need to get on that and we need to make it right. Next up, the International Olympic Committee has reinstated Jim Thorpe as the sole winner of the 1912 Olympic decathlon and pentathlon. So so Jim Thorpe is uh, an athlete. He's he was Native American, um, part of the Sac and Fox Nations, and he was stripped of those medals because he played minor league baseball before the Olympics even happened. And there was a ban on professional athletes. So it, it was a pretty, um, you know, he, 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 did, he was not treated fairly. Let's put it that way. He was not treated fairly by the IOC. But again, the IOC made it right, and it's never too late to make it right. He was reinstated as the sole medalist, sole gold medalist of those, um, of those medals. You know, for me, I think it, well, I did not know that the Olympics was around in
1: 1912. (laughs) Um, You know, that was probably the first thing. I was like, oh, really fascinating. Um, But, you know, I think that this reminds me of a lot of just invisible barriers that exist for people that people have put into place to systematically displace other people. And to hear that, like, on just a very granular level that, like, some of that is getting undone. You know, we're, like, going back and looking at, like, these situations that need to be remedied, and that we're remedied, remedying them. And you know, for me, I think that really speaks volumes. So there's some, I think, inner and infl- uh, oh my god, just some like work that the IOC is doing. And you know, I think that's just a great thing.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. You're right. We do there. There have been a lot of artificial barriers put in place over the years, specifically to maintain power (laughs) and authority by white people and um you know and and i think this is probably an example of that so you're absolutely right and uh it's never too late to dismantle systems of white supremacy is it darian let me
1: tell you um when people are like well there's a process and i'm like you know fuck the process like i wasn't there when the rules were made so
0: how about we change the
1: rules? like
0: hey Let's do it. Let's change those rules. All right. Next story is about how a lot of Fortune 100 companies are changing those rules. Every single Fortune 100 company has made a public commitment to DEI with very specific commitments on their website. And a lot of those companies have seen a a significant increase in board diversity. So, you know, these are the companies that are the leaders. And they are saying publicly here it is and hopefully they're not just doing that because they know that that's attractive to co- to you know gen z employees hopefully they're they're doing it because they in their heart in their leadership they know this is the right thing to do doesn't matter really at the end of the day i don't necessarily care about the motivation I care about the fact that this is what's happening and I can share these stories. There are really good stories coming out of fortune 100 companies. And I'm really, really pleased by these commitments.
1: You know, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, You know, I, I don't care why they're doing it. The fact that they're doing it, the fact that they're investing money, creating vice president level positions, really trying to at least put out a good effort, even if they're doing it just because they know monetarily that at some point Gen Z will become a dominant buying power and they happen to like to do business with corporations who have very clear guidelines and like articulate what those guidelines and brand tenants are in ethics. You know, I think that even if they're doing it for that reason, that inevitably it will become something more with right people steering the shit. I think that that's why it's just so great to see more executives of color. Um, and, you know, I think it it, it almost happened like overnight. I uh, I work a lot of businesses, go to a lot of business networking events. And just to see like, I was like, oh, like there are more black people in this room with senior level titles. There are more like people who have disabilities, like moving up. You know, I, I think that like, I, I just think it's like, I'm so here for
0: it. You're and you're seeing it more and more on a day-to-day basis. That's fantastic. So not even at the Fortune 100 level, but at the smaller level. Yeah. That's great. I love it. All right, and the last story from today is about a uh, Russian tennis player, Daria Katsikana, which I'm sure I mispronounced her name, so I'm very sorry Daria, who has come out as gay and she is the 12th ranked women's professional tennis player in the world. I don't normally talk about coming out stories here on five things, but I think it's notable because in her coming out, she spoke out against the anti-gay laws in Russia, which is where she is from. And what she said, I think is notable for all of us to remember living in the closet is impossible. It is too hard. It is pointless. Living in peace with yourself is the only thing that matters. What do you think, Darian? I
1: I just love it. Well, you know, one, just using your voice when you are at that level, when you are somebody who's respected to make a change, I think is one of the most powerful things that anyone can do. And it one, like, reminds me that we all have a voice, we all can say things, but it's just so true, right? Like, I think back to in the closet, Darian, or at least Darian, who thought he was in the closet. (laughs) And, like, I wasn't happy. And I think the more that people can just do what makes them happy, like, the better the world's going to be. Like, if there are just a lot of happy
0: people as opposed to a lot of, like, confused and angry people, you know, things are just going to be better. What do you think, like, the dismantling systems of white supremacy will create more happy people? Um, people coming out will be happier? I do. I do. I think that it will... In- it will make some people
1: angry at first, namely not people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so will it be an immediate shift? Maybe not. But I think that over time, like, you know, and I think that right, as we look at no offense, like older people dying. I think that just as a whole, we the people who were living in Jim Crow are getting less and less here. The people who were living, like and do and committing a lot of these issues and the 40s, 50s, and 60s and 70s, like as they get older and die off, I think that, like, <laughs> oh, you know, just we, the younger generations have a different way of thinking about these things. And so I think that, like, there may be a slight gap in happiness for some people, but <laughs> overall, it's going to be real good in like 10, 15 years.
0: Keep the faith, folks. That's the message. Keep the faith, keep the good vibes, keep moving forward because. Every week, I'll be here sharing these stories of positive things happening in the worlds of diversity, equity, and inclusion and corporate social responsibility. So thank you so much, Darian, for for being here with me today, for sharing your perspective on these good vibes. I hope you all have a great week. And if you don't already subscribe to Five Things, you can subscribe at FiveThingsDEI.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks, Darian. Everyone, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my Five Things newsletter, join at fivethings.dei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for Five Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes. The DEI